Hello, and welcome to Unity Presbyterian Church Online. This week in worship, Pastor David begins a new series on purpose as he looks at the purpose of life. Let's listen. Well, since it's 2022 now, I've been thinking about New Year's resolutions. I mean, it's just the second day into the new year, and and I was looking up some articles on particularly unique New Year's resolutions. You know, I didn't want to do the same thing every year. And I, and I found a couple of, of great and really unique resolutions that I want to share with you. Because maybe you also want to take on these resolutions in the upcoming year. So the first one is give one compliment every single day. What would that be like? So just go through your day thinking about, okay, who am I going to give a compliment to today? And what does that person really need to hear? How can I authentically make their day a little bit better? I think that would be a really neat resolution for us to take on this year. Or go one whole day each week without checking email. I think that's a good one. And it might sound easy, But in practice, I bet it's pretty hard. Email is just right on our phones. It's so tempting when you're bored for a couple minutes to go, oh, let me just kind of check. But how good would it be for one's mental health to just take a break, even one day a week? Here's another one I found. Talk to yourself with kindness. We are well-trained to talk to other people with kindness and to say nice things to other people But how often, then, is our own self-talk negative? Uh, How often do we say things to ourselves in our minds that we would never say to other people? Yes, what if you adopted this year to talk to yourself with kindness? Or how about let go of grudges? Yeah, what if all of the resentment or annoyance that you had from this past year, you left in the past year? And you said to yourself, I want to start this year with a clean slate. I want to just let go of all baggage and grudges and start anew in my relationships. I think all of those are good resolutions for us to take on, but I'm going to add another one. And this is one that really I'm hoping the entire church takes upon themselves. This resolution is to discover a deeper purpose in your life in 2022. If that's of interest to you, if you say, yeah, I do want to discover a deeper purpose in this life that I live, then you've come to the right place. Because this is the series that we're going to begin this New Year's with. And as I mentioned to you, what we're starting with today is the most foundational, the the most ambitious question of what's the purpose of life? Uh, What's the meaning of your life? of my life, of the reason that we are given these gifts of life to live. Well, that's what we're going to begin with. And I bet all of us at some point in our lives have asked those sorts of questions. I think of college students. And college students are, you know, for the first time given uh, the ability to choose a major. And they begin asking those questions, okay, what do I want to commit my life to? Uh, what am I called to? What, what is my profession going to be? And, and the underlying questions of those more practical questions is, what is the purpose of my life? 
Where am I going to find meaning in my life? But it's not just college students. Uh, adults as well in different transitions in life and in different life stages end up asking these questions as well. We say things like, well, am I doing what I'm supposed to be doing? You know, am I in the right job? Have I made the right decisions up to this point in my life? Now, the question of what is the purpose of life, that's a question that has been answered in various different ways throughout history. Uh, So some people might tell you, well, okay, the purpose of life is to have fun. It's just to have fun, you know? Life is short. Have fun. You only live once. You've heard kind of these expressions before. And, And I think that if your life was about pursuing pleasure and having fun, that that would work for a while, but I wonder if you wouldn't really find meaning in a way that it really fulfills you over the long term. I mean, fun is a part of life, and we should enjoy this life, right? God has given us this life as a gift, and so there's enjoyment that should be had, but can we find our most deepest purpose and meaning in that? I don't think so. Happiness. Happiness is another thing that we should pursue in life. We want to be happy, right? We want to live lives of happiness, but if we spend all of our time simply seeking to be happy, we're going to miss out on a deeper meaning in this life. Others might say, well, the purpose of life is to serve others, to serve others, to use your life, this one life that you're given, to serve others other people. And, and that's a good, admirable uh, way to answer that question. We all should dedicate our lives to serving those around us. But again, if that's the sole purpose of your life, there's a danger of losing yourself in the process of simply trying to serve everybody else. It should be an aspect to your meaning, but probably not the foundation of your meaning. Uh, Some might say the purpose of life is simply to work hard. Now, we might not actually say that out loud, but our behavior or our actions might imply that, yeah, that that is our purpose. I mean, think about the amount of time that, that you spend at work or thinking about work or checking email on the weekends for work. Uh, you may begin to think through your actions that, oh yeah, my life My purpose is really simply found in what I do. It is about my work. My guess is that you've lived some combination of these purposes over the course of your life, where at times you end up pursuing pleasure as the most important thing, and at other times you're really serving others. Maybe it's young kids. That becomes your purpose. You know, we become a mixture of these things over the course of our lives. The book of Proverbs sums this up really well. Uh, Proverbs chapter 20, verse 5 says, The purposes of a person's heart are deep waters, but one who has insight draws them out. I love this metaphor that, that he's using here, saying that to find meaning in one's life, it's like you're searching in deep waters. If you search something in shallow waters, 
it's really easy to find that thing, isn't it? Like, here's a picture of shallow waters. And so let's say you dropped your sunglasses in there, or you dropped your snorkel in there, and you go, oh, where is it? I'm going to lose it. In shallow water, it's very easy to find whatever it is you're looking for, right? But the author of Proverbs says that searching for purpose in one's life isn't like looking in shallow water. It's like looking in deep water. And looking in deep water is a little bit different, isn't it? Uh, The deepest lake in America is Crater Lake, and this is in Oregon. Uh, This was created when a volcano erupted and then caved in on itself about 8,000 years ago. And so this lake is 2,000 feet deep. Imagine looking for sunglasses that you lost in that lake. I mean, that water just has a, a depth to it, doesn't it? There's a richness to that color that also makes it a lot harder to find anything in. And the author of Proverbs says, finding the purposes of one's heart is like searching for something in deep waters. So what's he saying? He's saying it's not easy. It's not easy to find one's purpose. It's not easy to find one's meaning in life. That's why so many movies, so many books ask this question and explore this question of why are we here? How do I use this life that I'm given? It's like searching in deep water. But, and here was the second sentence in that proverb, but one who has insight can draw them out. Yes, one who has insight can draw out the purposes of one's heart and one's life. I believe that Jesus is the one who has the insight necessary to help us draw out our deepest purposes in this life. I believe that it's Jesus who is going to point us in the direction of how to find our most foundational meaning of why we are here. And to explore that particular question, we're going to explore a story that's probably familiar for you. But I wonder if we can look at it through this lens in a bit of a unique way. Yeah, the story that we're going to explore from Jesus, who gives us this insight, comes from Matthew chapter 22, and it begins in verse 35. Uh, Here's what we're told. We're told an expert in the law tested Jesus with this question. Teacher, which is the greatest commandment in the law? Okay, so let's really dive into this story. Um, because I think it's going to provide for us the the answer to the question we're searching for here. Um, So as we look at this story, the first thing we recognize is that that there's a man, and the man is an expert in the law, meaning that it is his job to know the Scriptures better than anybody else knows the Scriptures. And this expert in the law, in the Scriptures, comes to Jesus and asks Jesus, what is the greatest commandments. Now, there were 613 commandments in the Old Testament that the experts in the law would follow. So, Jesus had a lot of commandments to choose from. Jesus could have picked any one of those 613 commandments and said, well, this one, this one is the greatest out of all of these possibilities. But for a man who's an expert in the Scriptures— who is a faithful Jew, 
and who's trying to interpret and teach these scriptures as his life's work, what is he really asking here? As he asks, what is the greatest commandment? What is he really asking? Isn't he asking, where should I go to find deepest purpose and meaning in my life? Which commandment is going to point me in that direction? That's going to fulfill deeply who I am and why I'm here. He's asking the same questions that we're asking and exploring today. And Jesus answers the question directly. Jesus replied, Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment. So what is the purpose of life? To love God. It is the essence, the most foundational purpose of why we are here. It is to love God. Now, we've really, as Christians, kind of skewed this when we talk about loving God as simply a a requirement of Christianity, right? Oh, it's just just what you do. When you become a Christian, you love God. And if you're a really good Christian, then you really love God. And we make it into a bit of a requirement, but it's, it's not that. Instead, loving God gives us our most true purpose in this life that we get to live. I mean, what if the reason that you got up every morning was to seek to love God more fully? I mean, what if loving God was the thing that drove you and motivated you more than anything else in this life? You know, we hear this command, and it's, it's not enough to, to hear it and to recognize it, but we must internalize this command to love God with all that we are. It is with all of our heart, all of our soul, and all of our mind. You know, Jesus elaborates on this in a different gospel. This was the gospel of Matthew, but in the gospel of John, Jesus also talks about knowing and loving God. In John 17, Jesus says, Now this is eternal life, that they know you, the only true God, and Jesus Christ, whom you have sent. So Jesus says, to find true meaning and purpose in your life, it's found both in loving God and that eternal life begins the moment you start to know God. Yes, eternal life, then, begins as soon as that relationship with God starts, because God is the source of all life. And then it just continues on and on and deeper and deeper as you progress in that loving relationship with God. Yes, we will all one day die. Our mortal bodies will cease, but even that cannot interrupt the eternal life, that loving relationship with God that has started now, in this life that we live. So meaning and purpose in your life will come from authentically knowing and loving God. There is no other way. Every other place we go to find meaning will be temporary. But knowing God, your creator and father in heaven, that's where eternal life is truly found. So you might think that that this is it. 
that, that the meaning of your life is to simply each day pursue loving and knowing God more and more. And, and that is probably enough in some ways to try and pursue each day. But what I find interesting in this story is that Jesus doesn't stop here. Jesus answered the question. The question that the expert in the law came was, with was, what is the greatest commandment? But Jesus continues after answering that question. Jesus says, well, the greatest commandment is to love God with all that you are, and the second is like it. Love your neighbor as yourself. All the law and the prophets hang on these two commands. So learn how to know and love God more deeply, and then watch how that love flows through you into your relationships as you love your neighbor as yourself. That is the second greatest commandment. And what what Jesus says is that all the law and the prophets, meaning the entire Old Testament, what was all the scriptures at that point in history, all of the scriptures hang on these two things. Love God and love others. This is where you will find ultimate purpose in your life. I find it fascinating that Jesus says everything, everything that you learn in the Bible depends on these two things. It's like Jesus is creating a foundation, saying, okay, hey, love God with all that you are and learn how to do that. Make that your primary motivation in a life. Pursue that, but then also let that flow into loving others, all other people, your neighbors, people at church, people at school. Love others as much as you love yourself. You do these things, and then once you have this foundation, once that is so internalized in who you are, then you start building upon it. Then you start learning other things in the Bible. And everything else builds upon this foundation that you have created. Here's an example of that. Uh, Decades later, the Apostle Paul speaks about building upon this foundation. In Romans chapter 13, Paul says this. Paul says, The commandments that you shall not commit adultery, you shall not murder, you shall not steal, you shall not covet, And whatever other command there may be are summed up in this one command. Love your neighbor as yourself. Love does no harm to a neighbor. So what Paul is is saying, and and what he's interpreting here is, is saying, okay, when you say no to adultery, or when you say no to murder, or when you say no to stealing and and no to, to coveting, that's all included in that one command to love your neighbor as yourself. Because each of those things, adultery, murder, stealing, coveting, each of those things will hurt your neighbor. And Paul adds the helpful reminder that love, true love, does no harm to one's neighbor. And so it's like a summary command where you love your neighbor as yourself. That's, that's a bit of a cheat sheet where if you're wondering, what do I do in this particular relationship? Maybe you're struggling with someone, and you just don't know how to proceed. This is the cheat sheet to go back to, to say, well, how can I love this person as I love myself? And if you don't know the answer to that, if you struggle through that, then you go back to, well, let me love God. Let me focus on that. Let me 
commune with God and, and go back to the source before then interacting with the others that you're struggling to love. Love God. Love others. This is the purpose of why we are here. And I firmly believe that you will find the most meaning and enjoyment out of your life by doing these two things. I mean, every day, if you pursued loving God with all that you are, and loving others as much as you love yourself, you will find deep fulfillment in this life. Which means that when you start to find yourself disenfranchised, and and there's parts of our life where this happens, where there's an area in your life where you're not satisfied, where you're feeling a little bit more restless, and you just don't know why, and you go, "I, I don't know what my purpose is right now. In those moments, this is a reminder to go back to the foundation, to go back to the source, to say, okay, how do I start back to loving God and to letting that love then flow into my neighbor? You start there, and then whatever area of your life where you're feeling that restlessness or disenfranchisement, I bet it will start to wane or to at least be reinterpreted. Now, the last thing I'll say on this is that we must not just hear these commands. These commands are not something just to to hear on a Sunday morning and to agree with. They must be lived. They must be done. And it's in the process of living these commands, however imperfectly that we will do that, that we will then be able to go deeper and deeper in these commands to love God and love others. Because none of us will do this perfectly. We will make mistakes in how we love God and in how we love others, but it is the process where every day this is what you're committing to, where the true meaning and purpose will be found. So love God and love others. Amen. If you would like more information about Unity Presbyterian Church, please visit our website at www.unitypres.org or visit us on Facebook. This is the Unity Presbyterian Church Podcast. Have a great week.